Hi, I'm Nirmal Bhansali and you're listening to another episode of Time Capsule. You might remember this is an experiment of mine where I'm trying to record and document ideas, conversations and random things which I would love to revisit in the future. This particular episode is about values and how one can think about them. It starts with a chance encounter in a school ceremony. So my name is Tejas Rao. I'm a law student who's from Bangalore in India. And I'm someone who has a variety of hobbies. I like to write uh, specifically non-fictional stuff, daily observational stuff, which I do on a daily blog. Um, I write a daily newsletter, which has not been daily for the last month. And I watch a lot of, I watch a lot of sports. So I'm, I'm heavy into sports data and sports. Uh, oh, following okay. following sports all the time yeah yeah that's what that's how i'd introduce myself to someone <laughs> i'm at that stage in my life where i'll soon be graduating and entering the so-called real world and i've been thinking a lot about the kind of values i hold and what might change in the future and i came across a post on tejas blog about how he's taking a workshop in his alma mater Inventure Academy and teaching students about constitutional values. And I think that was really interesting for me because I had never thought about constitutional values when I was in school, frankly. And even now I have a difficulty grasping those values and applying them in my life. And I really wanted to know how he's approaching teaching this course and what he aims to achieve by the end of this workshop. Okay, so um, I'd say the idea started sometime around April when my high school history teacher got in touch with me about having a couple of sessions uh, with students about current affairs and civics. And I sort of used that to pitch to her an idea that I could take a workshop or a set of workshops on constitutional values and civics. Uh, the school that I attended, uh, this, so I'm currently running this program exclusively with my alma mater. But um, I've started creating the same modules in my regional language, which is Kannada. And I've sent out proposals to a couple of other schools that I'm waiting to hear back from. So I'm hoping to spread this as far as possible. But the pitch that I made to my high school teacher was basically that um, the school that I attended was very, very uh, protected in that we weren't as exposed to the realities of Hmm. Indian life as I think a lot of other individuals are. And as a result, what I wanted to do was to take that to the classroom to help students interact with the practical realities of what happens within Indian society um, and teach them to start caring about things like current affairs and reading the newspaper without sounding like a teacher. Because if Uh, a teacher comes and says, sit and listen to, sit and read the newspaper, nobody's going to read the newspaper. Nobody will care. So, So my goal was basically to do that. And along the way, 
uh, direct their reading of current affairs and the newspaper in such a way that it it makes them more aware of uh, values that are enshrined within the constitution and uh, moral and political values that india should have been adhering to or constantly should aspire to adhere to i think that's the that's the big picture goal that i had with this oh so, crazy crazy yeah. so uh, before we go into you know like i want to sort of deconstruct how you go about this because uh, to my mind like learning about like you said when teachers would mention you know you need to read the newspaper or learn about politics i would absolutely ignore all of those yeah general what i yeah. think are really important advice that people need to follow so I, i was wondering how it was for you let's say growing up in your teens like when were you first exposed to political ideas or even not even political like just these kind of values that uh, generally one so, needs to think about so i think the the first actual like time where i, I sort of said okay i i know nothing like i need to know a little more was when i got introduced to model united nations so i used to debate oh. like conceptually like my school taught me about debating and stuff but then they they sort of started this entire workshop series on model united nations and started taking us to conferences and i was in ninth grade going for these fancy conferences and i knew absolutely nothing about the world <laughs> especially because i had dropped i had dropped history and geography in grade 8 like i've not oh. studied history and geography beyond grade 8 Okay. Because of okay. my board syllabus, uh-huh. and if you've not studied, and I didn't study for the first five years of like formal education in India, I studied in a different country. So my understanding of India just came in grade six and grade seven, oh. where I've not studied civics, I've not studied too much Indian history at all. I barely scratched the surface, <laughs> scratched the surface with geography. So. i i knew absolutely nothing and i was like okay i need to start reading up about current affairs a little more in general start to become a little more informed so model united nations inculcated like this habit of okay you should read the newspaper just generally be aware of issues and stuff and then i think after that what happened was clat prep like preparing ah. for clat was when i was like shit i know absolutely nothing like even the little bit that i know i don't know so 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 that's when that's when i was like okay need to get my act together i found a couple of like books to to read and started reading more non fiction about india and uh, sort of just built off from there just built off a reading habit from there because my school and the subjects that i had chosen didn't really facilitate that Tejas continued his exploration of India and the law in GNLU for five years, but you might remember how I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that it really starts at a school ceremony. And here's how Tejas describes the guiding principles for designing this workshop. I think the easiest way to do this is to tell you like the story of why like the Constitution became important to me. Okay. Uh, so, so in grade eleven, when I got elected school captain, um, it was very, very lucky that the chief guest to my investiture ceremony was Miss Meenaka Guruswami, who once you get to law school, you're like, oh shucks, like what is this? <laughs> what is this chance encounter that has happened in my life? But, but at that point, as a as eleventh grader. all i remembered was that i got introduced to her as okay he's a newly elected school captain and also he's interested in law like that's the only thing that that got said and she she sort of engaged with me a lot 
about okay like this is law school this is what law schools like this is what law can become this is how useful law is in terms of driving social change and stuff and her entire speech her investiture speech which is on youtube was basically reading out dr seuss's or oh, the places you'll go congratulations today is your day you're off to great places you're off and away you have brains in your head you have feet in your shoes you can steer yourself any direction you choose you're on your own and you know what you know and you are the guy or gal and who'll decide where to go you look up and down streets look him over with care about some you will say i don't choose to go there with your head full of brains and shoes full of feet you're too smart to go down any not so good street you may not find any you'll want to go down in that case of course you'll head straight out of town it's opener there in the wide open air out there there are things that can happen and frequently do to people as brainy and footsy as you and when things start to happen don't worry don't stew just go right along you'll start happening too over the places you'll go her the entire speech was just she just read out dr seuss's the places you'll go and uh, at the end of that at the end of that speech i was really confused because it was just rhyming and i was laughing the entire time and then at the end of that speech she basically said that um she she held up a copy of the constitution okay and she said that india figured out the places that it would go because of the constitution oh. and you as student council leaders or as as student council leaders can similarly figure out the places that you want to take your school community to um through the kind of principles that you lay out for your student council like that was the gist of the message that she gave me so the preamble that is so beautifully describes the idea of this country and the idea of you and the idea of me including my young friends all of us here we the people of india solemnly resolve to create a country that is what that will be driven by equality that will be driven by dignity that will be driven by secularism that was bhimrao's childhood and that is the childhood for many young people in this country so as you grow and as you fly and as you chase your dreams think about also how do you get to learn and know more about your peers your fellow citizens the rest of your country for when you do so i think you will also speak to your own anthem which i see here uh the anthem for adventure academy i'll be a friend to all i meet lend a hand with fairness street i'll go wherever there's a need this is my prayer this is my creed this is my creed by pritham benjamin so i think in your own anthem you have your own preamble in your own anthem you understand ambedkar's vision and in your own anthem you've got a message for your own lives a life where you must dream where you must pursue difficult journeys and where you must always when you fall down climb back up from that day onwards the constitution as a concept has become really like stuck in my head and as a result like and and once you study constitutional law you you understand the importance of 
a constitutional document existing in terms of how societies would be anarchic if they didn't have a fundamental law or a constitution so the principles that then started to guide me in terms of uh, planning this course was basically how can you how can you find uh, values within text within constitutional text and more critically how do you prioritize how do you show to people that they've been prioritized equally so if i put these two at the top of my chart basically what i want to tell or uh, what i what i try to tell um the 11th and 12th grade students attending every session because i don't want to call them children but they are the the <laughs> 11th and 12th grade students um no so so what i what i what i basically try to tell them is that our constitution has a set of principles these principles are things like equality liberty fraternity like the 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 principles secularism socialism uh the democratic pillars and stuff and that those principles and pillars exist not only within the constitution but they exist within society and they can exist within the classroom or a school space as well and if you live what the constitution says or what the constitution expects you to do uh you will not only live a good life for yourself but you will live a good life for society at large and the country may be better at some in some way that's i think the the broad principle through which i'm trying to teach stuff yeah um, you know like this is something they should have taught us in law school as well that if you live yeah, by yeah, the principles 100%. of the constitution <laughs> you might add a lot more value to not just yourself I, but around yeah, yeah. Uh, the i think i i don't know when when i felt that way like i'm i can't pinpoint when i first felt that way but i i look back at law school now like and i've just graduated but i look back now and i'm like you, we could have made so many better decisions in terms of like if if you just kept those constitutional principles in mind if you kept the constitution as a moral code of some kind if you want to ascribe to it that weight right if you give it that weight in terms of making decisions about equality of access and stuff or giving people equal opportunity in in committees and things like that like i know i could have led committees better and been a better member within committees if i had kept constitutional principles in my head even if you have a guiding principle i would say it's extremely difficult to get school students to suddenly start caring about the constitution as a document or as a moral code and this is where tejas decided to experiment with his workshop yeah so i think it's a it's a it's been a really fun experiment actually to figure out <laughs> how to get how to get kids to care cuz yeah. like who who cares about the constitution in grade 11 and 12 like i know i didn't care about it right and yeah. i was interested yeah. in law like i'm interested in studying law but i didn't care about oh constitution oh my god i cared about it as oh constitutional law five marks legal reasoning like that's the way i cared about it <laughs> like nothing else so um so 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 what i what i decided was that the so i have 10 workshops right like the, the mm. entire the entire story is weaved around 10 workshops and basically the the pitch that i the, the way i teach the class is basically um i i i set out some context in the first session about why we were doing what we were doing and stuff like that so so that's a bit about why i think um you should be caring about the constitution and where my love for it comes from so uh now i'm going to move into a little bit of hypothetical to cut from the long story that i've just told because i i don't want you guys to fall asleep so okay so let's imagine this right inventure academy started up in 
on territory that was previously unoccupied. Please understand this is hypothetical. It's got no bearing to the school's actual legal circumstances or anything like that. And also this should tell you that I'm a lawyer because I'm making caveats about things that I'm saying. So uh, basically InVenture started up in 2005 on territory that was previously unoccupied. We came together and we created a society that has teachers, students, administrative staff, support staff and parents. If you were to write a constitution for this new society that's been formed, what would you guys include within this constitution? What I want from you guys is I want from all of you actually, I want lists, I want just headings. What do you think headings within the constitution that you would write for an inventor society would be? Um, you can raise your hands. But then I went on to uh, the fact that I put them in a hypothetical where basically the school was not, didn't exist earlier, but all the students that were in the school, basically around 600 of them, because we're only, we're like thousand of them now, uh, found a piece of territory and decided to inhabit it. And you've got teachers, parents, students, and basically your support staff, your administrative staff, all the constituent members of that school family taking over this piece of land and calling it the school, right? Um, my goal is to make them draft a constitution for that school. Okay. So the way that I basically put them through their paces is by giving them different, different challenges that are real life challenges in the story that we've created about this school. So um, last, last week we had a session on citizenship and basically <clears throat> the question that I asked them was, how do you decide who's going to be a citizen of your school? And they threw up a bunch of ideas. I think the first idea that someone came up with was that you could have a system whereby only current students would get citizenship, right? And nobody else is going to have citizenship, to which I took offense because I'm an alumni. So I was like, I've studied there for five years. Why am I not getting citizenship? So they countered that idea by saying, listen, you don't need citizenship of our school anymore. You've gone off to a different place. I was like, shucks, like smart enough. That means you're throwing... <laughs> So for me, when they said that, that means that they've understood that dual citizenship should not be a thing or that they don't want to give dual citizenship. So I yeah. explained dual citizenship to them and I showed them the constitutional article that said dual citizenship impermissible, except like because India does not allow for it yeah. effectively yeah. and uh, talked them through OCI and stuff like that, basically in a brief. And then we, then I brought them back to what we were talking about, which was, okay, fine, alumni don't have it. But if you say current students, what your teachers aren't going to get citizenship. Some teachers were in class, they were like, oh, yeah, why aren't we getting citizenship? <laughs> so ultimately, they came up to this idea that we should distribute identity cards to anyone who has held an affiliation with the school. Hmm. And the minute they said identity cards, that was my, like, that was the point at which I could talk about the NRC, talk about CAA, talk about lots of like current affair things, yeah. but not talk. And the important thing for me is not to communicate about it politically, even though I know where I stand politically on these issues. I want to keep it in line with the constitutional theme. So the, the thing that I tried to do was effectively talk to them about the scheme and ask them how they felt about the scheme in a school context. So if you've got this entire identity card system, what if, like, what if I burn my identity card for whatever reason? Like it just gets lost in a house fire. What happens then? Um, and then I gave them, I gave them this entire, so then I took it after we finished that entire discussion, I took it one step further. We have four schoolhouses, right? 
almost every school has four school houses four. Yeah. so so what i said was uh, one fine day you wake up in the morning blue house and yellow house decide to split off and form a different country red house and green house are one country now how do you decide who retains your school citizenship like your primary school citizenship and once they gave me a bunch of ideas right i was able to talk to them about how citizenship was decided at the time of partition yeah in terms of deciding who got indian citizenship in terms of deciding that temporary and transitionary provisions about citizenship and all of the citizenship problems that arise from parti- partition like refugee laws like asylum like all of our borders being so being treated like army tools right like because our borders are protected by the army but the the fact that people's lives are at stake over there talk to them about those current affairs and then get them to start thinking about that and think about how the constitution might have to have the foresight to solve these problems that's basically how we do it through that entire story and that narrative and the 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 beauty of taking a story like that is that you have the opportunity to weave in almost anything into that place like we the last class we did after citizenship was fundamental rights hmm. so yeah. it was very easy for me to say so what fundamental rights do you think you want in your constitution and then just start like taking that From discussion there. there yeah yeah some of these issues are really let's say at least in the modern world these issues are uh, extremely controversial uh, yeah uh, and and with the access that your students have to social media and everything else they they already might have some preconceived notions of what it is that they are expecting from the constitution or what it is that they are expecting from that particular fundamental right or from that particular value that you want them to think about so how, how yeah. do you sort of handle these a uh, controversy maybe like i'm not uh, like the thing that's coming to my mind is that if there's one student who agrees with you or who agrees with some version of this there's always going to be another student who might not right and and at the yeah, end yeah. of the class uh, they might come out more confused than yeah uh, you might expect like than you might want them to be so like how, how do you engage uh, how do you deal with this kind of uh, confusion so, so- around values so there's there's two parts to this right i think that um while interpretation of the constitution or interpretation of text is consistently allowed and that's why we have courts um there's an overarching interpretation of that text that can't be breached like equality in terms of what equality stands for um we can have disagreements about the specific nature of equality whether the state needs to have the reservation system for example to promote yeah. equality or promote e- egalitarian access right we can have mm-hmm. a debate about that but you can't take away from the fact that what equality attempts to do is to create um the same footing for two individuals irrespective of the background that they possess yeah. broadly speaking uh so what what i'm trying to do is to ensure that that big picture idea gets communicated to them and there's no confusion about that Okay. If they understand that big picture idea, and then they're confused about how to apply it to a particular situation, right? Like, for example, if they hold an opinion about how to apply equality in a particular way, or that equality is inapplicable in a particular manner, I'm fine with them holding that opinion as long as they understand the principle that equality stands for. If they're able to defend that idea. even though i may not fundamentally agree with it right like so so controversial ideas like the nrc and the ca 
it's it's very difficult for me to say that everyone's going to agree with my political view on it exactly or exactly. my my constitutional position on it at the same time though it's really important to remember the audience that you're speaking to um it is 11th and 12th graders um their opinions are extremely important because they shape future right like yeah, it's why exactly. everyone everyone talks about like the youth's opinions being so important today and we're all a part of that like we're one big collective that is everyone below 25 26 who shaped the next couple of elections mm-hmm. um but the thing that's important to me is to allow them to defend their view and then point them to further reading because if mm-hmm. they've understood the principle it's very likely that their views may change as they read more and more yeah. like even today when i look at like i'm also not sure of some things that i i may encounter that maybe the first time i hold a different opinion about and then i think about it for some time and then i change my stance on it and that's fine like that's permissible yeah. it's just that whenever you change your view as long as you understand the the fundamentals of why your view is changing and you're not changing it because of political pressure or something of that sort i think it's acceptable so that's that's broadly how i deal with it in the last couple of years my sense of hope towards the future of these constitutional values had begun to reduce The various events that have taken place with respect to the politics around these constitutional issues and the ways in which our judicial system had dealt with them was slowly eliminating my positive outlook of the law. But listening to Tejas describe this course and what motivated him to teach it, I could see a greater degree of optimism and perhaps a way for me to navigate out of being a cynic but but i think that uh okay so so the reason i find i find hope in the constitution or i find hope in the country is because again because of meenaka guru swami okay like honestly very honestly it's because her twitter bio says india should be the her constitution's country okay no. and every time i revisit the constitutional constituent assembly debates or i have discussions about the constitution with with friends that i speak to i always find reason for hope within the constitution itself like i always find the, and i don't agree with everything within that's within our constitution and i know that that there are times that i disagree with what ms guruswami also says but but there's more often than not i find hope within what they say and within what the constitution says and within what uh constitutional scholars say that the constitution actually has the capacity to help us out whenever we seek it mm-hmm. or or that you can find truth within it whenever you'd like to and similarly what i find within within the the people that i speak to in these sessions right like with with the 11th and 12th graders is that um they are participating so so they're definitely thinking because i know that when they when i know when i sense that they're falling asleep I do random calls, like I'll call people out and I'll ask them, which is oh, the worst thing. Yeah, I'm you're that, that teacher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're that teacher. Yeah, 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 exactly. But but you have to be right because I yeah. mean I really I want to be like I'm I'm okay being that horrible person who wakes people up when they're sleeping, but um, especially on Zoom. But but honestly, <laughs> like the 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 reason I find hope is because the outcomes that or the articles that they are drafting for their school constitution. in that hypothetical story are updated modern versions of the constitution that we have and oh. if our constitution like like 
so so all of these modern rights that we've read into our constitution like privacy and stuff that we required the court to talk about mm. um or uh, same sex relationships that we required the court to intervene and help us out for and stuff like that um are things that these kids are thinking about already and putting into the constitution before anything else and putting it in such a way that like the uh, few, like they've thought about the future ramifications of it as well and they're trying to take care of that so with privacy for example um they've recognized that privacy shouldn't just exist within the classroom but also within the school itself so if there's a matter that's internal to the school it should remain within the four walls of the school in a sense that like if there is information that's critical for the school in terms of a decision that's being made about the school it needs to be resorted like finally it needs to be resorted to its finality before going out to the public hmm. that's like a national security exception in effect yeah. yeah right like in a effect it's a national right. security yeah. it's a sovereign right it's a sovereign right exception and to me i'm like that's really smart like i would not have thought about that because i would not have cared for the school's interests like why do you care so much for the school's interests right and that's because of the sense of loyalty that they feel to the school community so if they feel so much loyalty for like these smaller communities that they're a part of and if they can extend those loyalties right like um so if they feel if they feel loyal to their school community and they can extend that to their neighborhoods or to the communities that they live in and the the cities that they're a part of um and all of the societies around them i genuinely have hope that we're going to be a better country irrespective of the government or irrespective of anything else because it's it's down to the people and it's down to all of us so so, so that's uh, okay this is interesting so the school students are with each and like so there's like a draft document which they are adding on to with each and every so they session. don't know it they don't and, know it but, but there making, is yeah okay yeah. you're making so, so their conclusions yeah, at the end 100% so so what i've done is basically every session so far whenever they've come up with oh why don't we include this i put it down on one one powerpoint like one slide i have and yeah. what i plan to do is that in the last session so i have some time that i've reserved in the last workshop in my head uh and the last workshop is basically about amendments and constitutional changes like that's Ooh, the last workshop that uh, i have okay so so the last <laughs> workshop is how i plan to teach them amendment procedures and to teach them amendment procedures what i plan to do is basically show them the constitution they have drafted and tell them this is it this is all you've been given now you have to live with it for eternity and i found gaps in the constitution already that they're proposing because like every document you're going to have gaps yeah. you're going to have circumstances right. that are unaccounted for but i want to give them those circumstances they've not thought of and see how they adapt to it do they think that one of their articles adequately covers them or do they want to figure out how to amend it right because if they figure out how to amend it and how they want to amend it i can that's good enough because then they're thinking about how the constitution is just a living document that you need to change to what social morality expects yeah which is which is good enough honestly like that's that's good enough for a start interesting so so what do you have planned out for your next next workshop uh next, i think so uh, the one that so the next one immediately. yeah the next one's cultural social and economic rights uh so i'm going to so we did fundamental rights for two sessions which was 14 19 21 and golden triangle and stuff but i want to do cultural social and economic rights to look at how the constitution can be used for social good and so explore what's the story here that you want them to think about like in the hypothetical uh, um yeah i think i think in in terms of the hypothetical the way that i've sort of thought about it so far is i'm going to so every house within the school has a origin story 
right or like certain values that it stands for okay and um some harry potter's level yeah yeah proper <laughs> harry potter level stuff yeah yeah so so every house has one of those stories so what i what i wanted to do was to basically take those as being cultural identities okay and uh, yeah i was about to ask you, the, like how does the house like you want them yeah, to yeah. be part associated i want yeah so 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 the minute you associate yourself with the house and the minute you've been given a certain set of ident like like Parkers. even if your house is something like adventurers yeah. like that that or like whatever like they're adventurers type people and yeah. stuff right yeah. uh that's you have a cultural identity of sorts right um and what i want to start doing is to put them abruptly within positions of inequality like just randomly like whenever i feel like it like i'll introduce one situation and i'll say so for example today food was delivered to the school and it was decided that uh, red house would not get food <laughs> that's just that's just how subsidy delivery works within this country i'm saying if anyone would and, not get food it would be the yellow house <laughs> <laughs> yeah no so so basically just look at that and then look at okay so what do they say in response to that of course they're going to be pissed off especially the people in yeah. red house but what do you do to prevent that situation from happening right like what what protective measures need to be within the constitution to prevent that from happening and um, more crucially when that happens what sort of um, state intervention so school administration intervention or student to student intervention do you require do suddenly so for example obviously the blue house green house and yellow house kids are extremely happy because they have food Yeah. But um, are they as happy seeing that the red house kids don't have food? Do they share their own do, food? Yeah. Like, do they what, have some kind of what, obligation to give back to them? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so just figure that out and look at, okay, look at how cultural rights play out within within the place. And the other thing that I was thinking of was looking at like faculty development programs and stuff like that. Um. So like because because I've been involving faculty and parents and support staff and administration staff in the entire story. uh to look at social and economic rights i was going to take them through the inequalities that exist with between faculty rights and student rights like okay. because so far they've only been thinking about the rights that they should have so they right. came up with like the right to ask questions and because they want to ask their teachers questions right but at the same time when the teacher asks them questions they're going to get really pissed what's the so, reasonable metric right yeah what? yeah what's what's the reasonable metric um between which you can distinguish between how rights are applied to people and why should that reasonable basis exist and through that talk them through legitimate basis for discrimination existing yeah, yeah. and stuff like that yeah thinking about constitutional values through stories anecdotes and empathy is a great way of not just teaching but also learning about them the last thing which i wanted to know had to do with revisiting this episode in the future Tejas right now is in Cambridge. He is pursuing a master's course in international law. He believes there's a value in how public international law can plug certain gaps in constitutions across the world. More than that though, it's also to figure out a better way in which he can contribute to reducing the inequities that he's been observing over the last few years. Let's say future retrospective question which I wanted to ask Uh, yeah was what are some of the values that you hold that you held before that have changed right now and what are some of the values that uh, that like see 
in my opinion at least with respect to this i think there are certain core values which you which define you as how you might approach and those things might not change but there yes. are other things which like you said you know you read up and you experience it which might change so what i was wondering was what kind of values have changed for you over the last 5 6 years dealing with law yes but also just thinking about this for so long uh, from when you started off and what are things which you think are non negotiable for you which you hope won't even change in the future even if you're in a terrible circumstance i think two things so um one value that's changed right for me is um how much i thought there needed to be constancy of thought so i was always under this assumption that everyone comes born with certain fixed principles and are never going to change throughout their lives so you form an opinion on a subject and you stick to that opinion for the rest of your life um i think the past 5 6 years has taught me that opinions need to be allowed to be changed and um within a society you need to have acceptance of changing opinions so if someone held an opinion that you disagreed with um and you could disagree with that opinion for multiple reasons if they change their opinion to an opinion that you now agree with i personally don't find it fair to criticize them for changing their opinion yeah okay <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I think that's something that's changed because I was definitely like that. Like I'd be like, "Hey, so late to the party." I thought this for like Hippocrate, five years yeah, now. Hypocrite, uh, ah, blah blah. But I think that that's that's definitely something that's changed, especially in the last six months, because I've seen people's opinions change. Like the COVID pandemic itself has people's opinions have changed about the damn thing since day one. Like, and, and that's okay. Like that's fine. That's how society moves. Like that's how people are. Um, that's that's one that's one value that I think has changed. uh the one value that i hope doesn't change is that um something i've learned is to start apologizing when you've made mistakes genuinely and like proper hardcore apologies that i think need to come from like this is also inspired by constitutional drafting and stuff like that because if you look at parliamentary subcommittees and like constitutional constitutional assembly debates and stuff they've got a lot of points where they're like yeah i get what you're saying sorry i may have made a incorrect observation and this is like yeah. deciding future of the country stuff yeah here yeah. we're doing we're, we're living like normal human beings not deciding the future of any country or any people or anything we're not responsible for for anyone else we're, we're responsible for ourselves uh we're not we're not really holding i mean of course we're all going to hold responsibilities very soon but at our age at this age being 22 um i'm not really holding responsibilities for anyone else except myself so when i screw up the only thing i hope is that like i continue to apologize and then figure out a way to rectify whatever's happened in some way or the other because i think that that's that's personally one of the values that i found most helpful so so i i'd really like to keep with that okay so that was it for my conversation with tejas rao about constitutional values I hope it leaves you feeling a bit more positive about our future. It has definitely made me more hopeful than I was prior to this episode. I I'll I'll record an outro for you so you can like uh you can oh, stick that in wherever you crazy, want. Crazy. You require you need an outro right like so yeah, yeah. just to make just to make it easier so just give me a second. Uh Yeah but thanks very much for having me here today man like really fun <laughs> to talk to you about this entire thing that I'm doing and I know that like a lot of people are are doing similar things so it's not like 
it's just me who's carrying yeah. out this i have this but different like my batchmates are doing stuff in practice i have a friend of mine who's actually working on redistributing resources and stuff like that through instagram and things it's it's really very inspirational and all i'm hoping for is that at some point we just go back to living what the constitution asks us to and i think that that's it's going to be a great day when we eventually do <laughs>